Good morning again, Grace Church. So good to see all of you. Enjoyed worshiping together with you this morning. What a beautiful spirit of grace in here today. That's a good word, Joyce, since we're starting a new series this morning entitled Grace. And so you're at the right place this morning. Like I always like to tell the congregation here, if you've been here for a number of years, you heard this a number of times, that sometimes people are searching as to where God would have them what their local church should be, where they should be a part of. Well, Colossians 3.16 tells us we're to be singing with grace unto the Lord. With grace, right? So you're at the right place. You're at Grace Church, and we're going to be doing a series entitled Grace. And right up front, I want you to know and to recognize point number one, it's not just for beginners. Sometimes when you talk about grace, people think, well, gee, that's kind of a a neutral subject. There's not much energy in that. And isn't that for beginners? Isn't that how we get saved? Yeah, the scripture, yes, the scripture does tell us that we are saved by grace through faith. And that it's not a works list any man should boast. But uh, we need to recognize that it's far more than grace. We come into our relationship with God by the grace of God and thank God for his grace. Amen. But also, we are to Scripture, there's just uh, tons of Scripture. Uh, we are told in, in, in Scripture that we are to grow in the grace of God. Uh, the writer of the book of Hebrews tells us that it's good that your heart be established in grace. In grace, your heart established. When the Apostle Paul wrote to his son in the faith, Timothy, in his second letter to Timothy, he begins, uh, he says, uh, Paul instructs Timothy to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, the grace that is in him in Christ Jesus, to be strong in it. We are instructed to come to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and to find grace to help in the time of need. So when we're in a need that we come to God's throne, we obtain grace and mercy. So grace exists. It's not just in a static form, but it exists in the person of Jesus Christ who is our Lord and our Savior, and that um, we are to uh, grow in this grace and come to a greater understanding as it gives us the ability, grace enables us, and it gives us an ability to do what we otherwise could not do in and of ourselves. And so let's dive into the subject of that this morning. We're going to dig into the Word of God. Let's turn our attention, first of all, to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. It introduces Jesus to us in John chapter 1, verse 14. It says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of what? Grace, Grace and what else? Grace and truth. It's, uh, it's interesting, in, in, in church world, we have a tendency to fall into different camps. We all have uh, you know, different personalities and different interests, or, or we get our focus on, on different subjects. But there's some people that are very adamant that it's all about the truth. It's all about truth. And, and then others say, oh, really, it's all about the grace of God. It really doesn't matter what you do. God's grace is sufficient. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. It's all about grace. Don't worry about the truth. Well, grace does not demand truth, but grace does produce truth. And when we understand the grace of God, it's not, that, it's not giving a liberty or a license to just do what we want to do, but grace gives us an ability to fulfill God's will for our lives. 
Matter of fact, grace in the book of Titus, we are told, Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, grace teaches us that we should live soberly and righteously in this present age. In the hour that we're living in today, we are to live soberly and to live righteously. This is the hour that we're in. It's not the easiest of times. It probably never really has been all that easy, but we're living today. So with the, the culture that we are confronted with, that we are living in today, it's not a, it's not a real easy time to be uh, walking in the love of God, walking in the grace of God. But God's grace is more than sufficient, more than sufficient. Grace is our strengthening. It, it strengthens us. It enables us. The Apostle Paul, he's the one that received personally from Jesus Christ the revelation of the grace of God. And he instructed us in 1 Corinthians 12, it's known as people refer to it as the thorn in the flesh. There's a lot of debate as to what it really is, which I never could understand because it tells us right in there what it is. He says, a thorn, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. But yet theologians for centuries now are trying to figure out what was the thorn? Was it sickness? Was it blindness? Was it whatever? But yet scripture tells the messenger of Satan to buffet him, really to hinder him from, from uh, proclaiming the good news of God's grace. It was, it was a new dispensation. It was a new time. Had not existed ever before. Jesus gave it to Paul. And Paul, in his ministry, had a lots, lots of hardships, lots of difficulties, and he cried out to God that this... Uh, uh, thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan to buffet him, would be removed from him. And he asked God three times, and people say that, well, God said no, so it's okay. If, you know, I understand if God says no to me, I'll just live with it. God didn't say no. What Jesus said is that my grace is sufficient. Apply your grace to your trials. Apply your grace to the circumstances in life because grace is sufficient to get you over it, to get you through it, to get you under it, over top of it, however, but it's going to get you through. Jesus told us that we live in this world and in this world we will have tribulation. But the good news is, is we have grace, we have energy, we have the resources from God to overcome the trials that come our way. But here's telling us that Jesus was introduced into the world as the Son of God. The Word of God became flesh, and he came full of grace and of truth. In verse 16, it says, and of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace. Then verse 17 tells us that the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So we have grace and truth coming through Jesus Christ. Now what's interesting here in, in, in this introduction of Jesus, of the word becoming flesh, the entire first chapter is very interesting. But in verse 11, it tells us that Jesus came to his own and his own did not receive him. Jesus came to his own, full of grace and of truth, but his, his own did not receive him. But what's interesting is when the law was given to Moses and the law was communicated to the children of Israel in Exodus uh, chapter 19 and verse 18, the, the people responded to the receiving of the law of Moses. They responded to that. All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. When Jesus came, full of grace and truth, they weren't having it. And many times we're no different today because we want to be doers. 
we, we, we want to do, we want to earn, we want to achieve, we, we want to earn that which we are receiving. We want to, we, we deserve our spot. But the Bible teaches us in the New Testament, Jesus, who is full of grace and truth, tells us that, no, it's by grace that you're saved, through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. There's no bragging rights. We must continue to, to, to walk the walk with great humility, looking to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is full of grace and truth, and learn to receive Jesus as he was presented to us. Jesus was presented to you as the Son of God, full of grace and full of truth. That's how you receive him. Don't try to add to it. Don't be taken away from it. Say, what, 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 what do you want me to do? The scripture tells us you need to believe. You need to believe. Then the people that are in the truth camp say, yeah, but don't I need to do more than believe? <laughs> you need to believe. Grace and truth. Didn't Jesus make the statement, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free? Are you familiar with that verse? Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. But yet uh, when we have a tendency to be in the truth camp, we want to find out, okay, wow, I need to know the truth. I need to memorize all of the New Testament because Jesus came full of grace and truth. So I really need to know the truth if I'm going to be set free. But Jesus was telling that to a people that didn't have a Bible. So what truth did he want them to know? He simply wanted them to know and to believe that I am full of grace and truth. Receive me, believe upon me, and that'll set you free. Now I can hear your brains, I can hear the gears turning. Some of them need a good dose of WD-40 because they're a little rusty. I can hear they're grinding, but Pastor Ray, don't I need to do something? Can I do something? Can I earn this? No, you can't. You're not that good. Just being honest. We can't earn it. We simply have to receive our salvation. We receive our inheritance through Jesus Christ, who is full of grace and truth, and we learn to walk in that, and and we learn to receive it. And we purpose to, to, to know the truth, who is Jesus Christ, and, and, and that truth sets us free. So again, back to verse 17, it says, for the law was given through Moses. The law was given through Moses. Let me just take a moment here and just share with you that the Bible, uh, for, you want to be a, a scholar of the Word of God as we have it today, it's, it's broken into, uh, you can, you can uh, put it into seven dispensations. The first dispensation or administrations. And administration is the way that God dealt with these people. And through all the dispensations, God dealt with people and he spoke with people in various forms. But in every dispensation, man's response to God was always through faith and obedience to him. But the first dispensation that we know of from Scripture is known as the dispensation of innocence. And that's from the creation of uh, Adam and Eve to the fall of Adam and Eve to the fall of man. That's the first dispensation. Then the next was the dispensation of conscience. That's from the fall of man until until the flood of Noah. And during that dispensation, man was doing what was right in his own eyes. After that, we have the dispensation known as human government, which ended at the Tower of Babel. 
And then began the dispensation of promise from the rise of Abraham. We have the Abrahamic covenant, which included the promise of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that ended in Egyptian captivity. Then we have the dispensation of the law, which most of you are more familiar with it, and that the law was given to Moses, and the, and the law uh, ended with, with Jesus Christ, with the church age, the dispensation of the grace of God, which began on the day of Pentecost, and that's where we're at today. We are in the dispensation. Some refer to it as the church age. Others refer to it as the dispensation of the grace of God because what happened is Jesus Christ personally appeared to the apostle Paul and revealed to him a dispensation or an administration or a government of grace never before existed in the form that it exists in the hour that you and I are living in today. And it began on the day of Pentecost. When the church was birthed, we have the dispensation. And this dispensation of grace will continue until the rapture of the church and we go into the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. So today, God's dealing with us and in our interaction with God. Remember, it's in an administration known as the grace of God. Jesus was born under the law. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. And it, it was under the law. Many of Jesus' teachings in Matthew, Mark, and Luke are to the Jewish people under the law. And so you have to be wise to that. And you have to be discerning of that. You say, well, Pastor Ray, isn't that New Testament? No, New Testament is the book of Acts. The Bible has it divided in, as New Testament. The Gospels are really under the Old Covenant. The new covenant, the dispensation of the grace of God begins with the day of Pentecost. And so when you understand that, it helps you fuller understand the grace of God, the government of grace, or the administration of grace that we are living in today. And that transition has happened on Pentecost. And so why is it important that I know that? So that I can properly hear from the Holy Spirit so I can properly relate to how Jesus Christ desires to relate to me today, full of grace and full of truth. Now, if you're struggling with the idea, well, Pastor Ray, that's dangerous, that's, you're giving people a license, you're permitting people to do whatever they want. No, it isn't. Remember, Titus told us that grace teaches us to live soberly and to live righteously. Many pastors have refused to teach on the grace of God in, it, in, it, in its fullness because they are, they are afraid they will lose control of their people. I've already had people tell me that if I wouldn't teach grace the way that I teach it, we might have better church attendance. Well, I can guilt you into making sure you're here every time the doors are open, but I'd rather you be here because you want to be here. Amen. And so we are going to continue on grace, but open up your heart, purpose to be receptive. Don't just assume, well, it's, it's, it's really kind of a static subject and it's not much in there for me. It's not static at all. And, and you can press in and you can receive an abundance of it because there's an abundance of it available for you. So I want to give you that transition because it's important for you to know that this is the hour that you were born. You were, you're here for such a time as this. You happen to be born in this era, in this season, in this time. And, and on God's calendar, it's in a season, a dispensation known as grace or the church age. Now, how is it applying to our lives? Well, let's begin that process by just uh, 
looking to uh, the book of Romans gives us some great uh, insight in that as well. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 14, I encourage you to read, I can just encourage you to read the whole New Testament over and over again and just really zero in on what what it is teaching about the grace of God. But we're going to be picking out some different verses and jumping around here just to really whet your appetite and to stir you up, to really get you to be hungry, to come into a greater revelation of grace and truth. But in Romans chapter uh, 6 and verse 14, it says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under law, but you're under grace. You notice the difference in dispensations? Did you notice that? That's not a trick question. Did you notice the difference there? You're not under law, but you're under grace. You're under a different government. You're under a different administration. We are somewhat familiar with that in our political and our natural government, you know, different administrations. Uh, and we usually complain about whoever's in there. But, let's, but we are under an administration of grace. We're no longer under the administration of law. And what does that mean? It means that sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under law, but you're under grace. Sin becomes powerful in our lives, largely because of the way we view it. We view it as all-powerful, something that can't be dealt with and something we have to fear. It also determines how we view ourselves. What we're going to learn here is that you're no longer under the dominion of it. And the reason for that is, is you're no longer under the law. You're under grace. In Romans chapter 5, just, just keep pondering that. Just don't let, let that, just keep journeying that around in your brain. I'm not under law, I'm under grace. In chapter 5, in verse 20, it says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Everyone say much more. So he's telling us that where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. The law was given to make people aware of the fact that you know, these are the commandments. These are what, this is what I need you to do. These are thy shells and thy shall nots. But also it was a schoolmaster, and the schoolmaster of the law was to point people to the reality that they needed Jesus. And so when Jesus came... Full of grace and truth, the law was no longer necessary to point people to Jesus because Jesus is now here full of grace and truth. And, and so the law entered that the offense might abound. Like people, all of a sudden, you're, you're aware of your offense. You're aware that you can't keep the law. As much as you are trying, you can't keep the Ten Commandments. You can't do it. You have an evil thought. You have a uh, whatever it may be. You, you just can't keep it to its fullest. And if you break one, you're guilty of them all. 
It seems kind of like it's lacking mercy, and the reason it feels that way is because it is. If you break one, you're guilty of all of them. So the law was given to make you aware, to make people aware of a sin consciousness that I cannot do what God is requiring me to do. But where that happened, when that reality became, when that became a reality, uh, grace abounded. Much more. Say it again. Much more. Now, when something is abounding, it's, it's plentiful, it, 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 it's everywhere, you know, it's just it's flourishing, and we can look out over our, the landscape of our culture and our, and our lives, and we can say, my goodness, sin certainly is abounding. How crazy can the world get? How sick can the world get? How bad can it get? And we can allow ourselves to get fixated on it and thinking, oh, it's, it's hopeless. It's hopeless. It's hopeless. The, by the time I think the, uh, the, there's, uh, uh, the evil that's been manifested is being manifested, it's being thrown at me, it can't get any worse, but then it abounds to an even greater degree. And we can allow that to discourage us or we can choose to look at the word of God and recognize that I'm not under law, I'm under grace. And where sin is abounding, and it is, the good news is grace does abound much more. Let's say it. Grace does abound much more. Remind yourself of that over and over and over again. Grace is abounding much more. When I see what's going on in the culture, grace is abounding much more. When I see what's going on in government, grace is abounding much more. When I see what's the, 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 the weakness of my own flesh, grace is abounding much more more. There's much more grace available than there is the power of sin. I'm no longer under the dominion of sin because I'm no longer under the law. I am under grace and sin has no dominion over me. Now, either we're going to believe that or we're not going to believe it. If we believe that every time we're tempted, every time we get frustrated, we yield to it. You do not need to yield to sin. Sin's temptation will knock at your door. Thoughts will come. Ideas will come. Opportunities arise. But you do not need to yield to it because you're not under the law. Say, I don't need to obey you. I don't need to obey you. I'm super abounding in the grace of God. Jesus Christ, who is full of grace and truth, is in my heart. And as Paul told Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in, in you in Christ Jesus. Christ in you, the hope of the Lord. Be strong in that grace. And that wasn't a command for Timothy to, you know, to, to, to plant his feet and to grit his teeth and to really brace himself. No, that's physical strength. That's a physical reaction. He's telling him to be strong in the grace. He didn't say, Timothy, it's really going to get tough for you. You really need to hit the gym. You need to be lifting. You need to be doing aerobics. You need to get with it. All those things are good. They're profitable for, for this lifetime, but the grace of God is that be strong in grace. Build yourself up. Have some ripped abs when it comes to the grace of God. Looking good, looking fit when it comes to the grace of God. Be strong in it. Be strong in it. 
So he's telling us in verse 20 that where sin abound, abounded, grace abounded much more. Now, the chapter 5 has five much more statements in it. So I want to give this to you for fun facts. Number one is found in verse 9. It says, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. The next one's found in verse 10. Another much more statement. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by life. Verse 15. But the free gift is not like the offense, for by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. Notice that, much more, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man. You have it in you, you have it in you. Verse 17, for if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those, much more those who receive abundance of grace, much more, I'm say much more. There's room for you to receive much more grace. Receive it. It's free. It's God's gift to you. Jesus came full of grace and full of truth, and he's in you. Receive the fullness of the abundance of the grace of God and of the gift of righteousness. And then verse 20, the one we did look at, uh, where sin abounded, grace does much more abound. Now in uh, 6.14, chapter 6, verse 14 again, for the sin... For sin shall not have dominion over you if you're not under law, but you're under grace. I'm going to give you something, a statement for you that you can ponder and think about it, but I'm going to put it like this. For you to choose to live under the administration of law as a rule of conduct for yourself and to live and, and, or to live in sin are essentially the same thing. For all that are under the law are under the dominion. Say, under dominion. Say that with me. Say, under dominion of sin. Doesn't that sound ugly? You don't want that. You don't want that. So let's stop trying to live and to govern your life and to govern other people by law, by being a legalist and become a person that's full of grace and full of truth because that's who you are. That's who you are. You're full of grace and truth because Jesus Christ is full of grace and truth and he abides in you. He abides in you. So I'm going to give you four transitional statements because I really want you to leave here this morning recognizing that I'm no longer under the law. I'm under the grace of God and I'm going to be governing my life under the under grace and truth. So there's four transitional statements for law and grace uh, of Jesus Christ that are pointing to a new administration that is being ushered in. And the first one is found in John chapter 13 and verse 34. John 13 and verse 34, he says, a new commandment. And we say new commandment. So if there's a new one, obviously there was one there prior to this one. There's an older one, because now, now we're getting a new one. Transition. 
It's a transitional statement. A new commandment I give to you, and here it is, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And you might be thinking, well, that doesn't sound new. Didn't Jesus tell us uh, in Matthew that we are to love one another with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all of our strength? Yeah. All your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. Your mind, your heart, your strength. Love one another to the best of your ability. Keep the law to the best of your ability. Love one another according to your strength. You say, well, what's different about this? I said, it's a new one. It's a new one. That you are to love one another as I, who am full of grace and truth, have loved you. How did Jesus love us? Unconditionally. Absolutely unconditionally loved us. The critics of the subject of grace or the topic of grace, often we are criticized for being too easy on people, giving people too much liberty. But I submit to you that to live by grace is a greater challenge than to live under the law. Under the law, you were told what to do. You had your guidelines, you had your parameters. Quite simple. Compared to grace. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? I am now, rather than to love you to the best of my ability, now I'm supposed to love you the way Christ loved you. That's a far higher standard. That bar is way up. Unconditionally. That's a transitional statement. So the measure of love under the law was your heart, soul, mind, and yourself. It was a human level. The grace, under the grace of God, the love as Jesus loved is divine. The new commandment under grace calls for a standard of life never before thought of by man. Matter of fact, it was not even possible prior to Jesus Christ coming, who was full of grace and truth. So the moral standards of the law are, are restated are restated in the New Testament for those of you that insist, now wait, we have the Ten Commandments, you just can't throw those out. We're not throwing them out. Jesus came to fulfill the law, and they are restated in the New Testament epistles as fruit of the Spirit. It's a higher standard. Love as Jesus loved. So that's the first transitional statement. The second one, is found in chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. Jesus said, I will, uh, he told the disciples, he said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. We just completed a four-week series. Uh, Pastor Vernon and I, we did a four-week series in, entitled Engaged. And it's all about uh, developing relationship with the Holy Spirit of God. And here Jesus is promising in this transitional statement that you are receiving a new helper. You're receiving another helper, a, a new advocate the Holy Spirit, and what's different about this compared to under law, under law, the Holy Spirit would ascend on people and anoint them for, uh, for a certain project or for a certain uh, task that they needed to do, then it would depart again. Under the new covenant, under the dispensation of the grace of God, the Holy Spirit has taken up residence within us. It's a new helper, a comforter, a strength, a guide. 
You receive power after the Holy Spirit is coming upon you. So you have a new advocate under this dispensation known as the grace of God. And so thank God for uh, the new advocate for the Holy Spirit. Embrace all that he has in store for you because he is absolutely 100% for you. And he wants to lead you and guide you and direct you. Failing to recognize the transition uh, to grace and the indwelling Holy Spirit has caused many believers, many of us, we end up looking to, uh, to ourselves as under law for power to live well-pleasing lives for God. But we're not under law, we're under grace. And so recognize that it abounds much more on your behalf. Statement number three of this transition from under law, from, from under law to coming under the, the government or the administration of the grace of God is you now have a new relationship with God. Jesus made this statement in, in uh, verse 14 and 15 of chapter uh, 15. He said, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what's going on. You are a friend. You are a friend of God, a child of God, in your relationship with God. Jesus Christ came full of grace and truth to dwell in you, and he is within you as you receive him by grace through faith. You are now a friend of God. Now, it's important that we always remain servants in attitude. We, in my attitude, I'm a servant unto God. In relationship, I'm a friend of God. I can know what's going on because I have the new helper, the advocate, the Holy Spirit in me who reveals to me the things that are to be revealed to me. God wants to reveal himself to you, uh, and therefore you are a friend, not just a servant. I don't even like saying it like that, just a servant. I, I, that is not derogatory at all because we all are to be servants, but it's servant in attitude. That's my attitude. I serve because he loves me. I serve because of the grace of God that's in me. I'm not serving to earn his favor. I already have his favor. So that's a transitional statement. And then the final transition statement, we'll close with this, is found in John chapter 16, verse 23 and 24. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. He's talking about a day coming. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, under law, right now we're under law, but in verse 25, he said, in that day, a day that's coming, grace, an administration of grace, until now you have asked nothing in my name, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Under the dispensation of the grace of God, you now have the liberty, the privilege as a friend of God with the advocate abiding within you to go before God the Father in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, your Lord and your Savior. You now have a position and a rightful authority to let your requests be made known directly to God. You don't have to go through a priest. You don't have to uh, sacrifice an animal. You don't have to slaughter a dove or, or a sheep or whatever. You have the right to go before God in the name of Jesus and to ask of him 
in the, in, in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and you, look at verse 24, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Ask that you may receive. That is your inheritance as a grace-filled child of God living in this dispensation that we are living in today. Don't underestimate who you are as a friend of God, as a child of God. Don't underestimate who you are and, and the privilege that we have to live in this dispensation that we live in. We are such a blessed people. The grace of God is super abounding. Yes, there's, there's problems in the world. There's problems in our own lives. There's problems in our churches. There's problems in our home. We have our challenges, but we have grace to sustain us. And we, we, must dis we need to be disciplining ourselves to draw on the grace of God and on the wisdom of God to really, really just believe God that, that, uh, that he is with us and that when all this stuff is abounding against us, there's another commodity that is super abounding much more and it's called the grace of God. And by the grace of God, I'm getting through this. By the grace of God, I'm overcoming this. By the grace of God, I'm victorious. By the grace of God, I have my answer from heaven because I have the authority to pray in Jesus' name. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So that's an introduction to the topic of grace for over the next several weeks. Uh, I open up a, a lot of different things. Uh, the good news is, is Pastor Warren can come up next Sunday and straighten it all out and give you all the specifics to us. <laughs> and he'll look forward to that. So he'll, uh, Pastor Warren will be teaching next Sunday. Then the following week, I'll, I'll be on again. So, so praise God. Let's just pause for a moment. Perhaps you're saying, Pastor Ray, I never even got in on Jesus Christ and the idea of him being full of grace and truth. That's so foreign to me. I, don't, I have no recollection of ever even hearing that before or ever even asking him to come into my life and, and help me overcome, to, to bring me out from under the dominion of law and to bring me into the, under the dominion of God's grace. So if you never received, you never... Uh, Ask Jesus Christ to bring you into that transition from sin under grace. But you want to do that today. That, that's our starting point. That's where we launch our walk with God, by receiving him by the grace of God. Not of works, nothing we can brag about, but just simply we believe that he came full of grace and truth. So if you've never done that, you're watching us online and you've never received him who came full of grace and truth, You've always been trying to please him on your own, but you want to make that transition. Say, no, I'm going to surrender over to God. I'm going to receive the gift of life. Start my walk with God. I want to do that today. Would you just raise your hand if you're in here this morning? Anyone at all in here this morning? Just... If you're online, perhaps you haven't done that. I just want to encourage you to, it's a prayer that you can pray and just say, you know what, I'm, I'm walking out from underneath this dominion of law and I'm going to get myself under the dominion of the grace of Almighty God in the name of Jesus, name above all names. Amen. 
praise God. So we're going to get back into a, a worship song. Uh, before we do that, but one quick announcement that the serve team members, I want to remind you real quickly that there's a, there's a meeting right after church. So I want to encourage you to, when you leave here, you go over to the gymnasium slash fellowship hall, and uh, you're going to meet there, and then we'll have some pizza for you, for all of you that are serving on serve teams. And uh, I think most of you have already registered for that. Just reminding you that don't leave here without uh, attending your meeting. And don't go over and grab your pizza and leave without attending your meeting either. Yeah. Grab your pizza. The doors are locked once you get in there. <laughs> so praise God. God bless you. We love you. And we'll be back next week.